This next Tim talk is, you know, I was thinking the other day about the Nez Perce Indians. This one's going to have a little bit to do with grief. It's going to have a little bit to do with righteous anger. It's going to have a little bit to do with doing what's right when, when we have other options, no matter what, do what's right. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit of this story. I, I admire the native Indian people that lived on this land. I don't hold them up as any better human beings in any other culture anywhere in the world. Humans are humans. We have our good, we have our bad, and we have our ugly. You know, like the famous Clint Eastwood movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We got it all. We got our shadow side. We got our heart side. Okay? That said, doesn't matter where you where you live what or so forth. But before white contact from Europe, there were there were probably somewhere around 250 million uh, native Indian people living in North, South, and Central America. And man, they had some good living. That was before populations of people were huge. There were herds of 60 million buffalo. The buffalo lived across the whole country from California to Florida. Um, these people lived year after year. Now, I want to kind of move it into the area of eastern Oregon, where it meets Idaho. Um, that's where the Nez Perce Indians lived. And these were beautiful, beautiful Indian people. They had kind of like flat top hair and long hair. And they were gorgeous people. I mean, And I mean gorgeous in a very respectful way. They adorned themselves with incredible beadwork and leatherwork. Their bows and arrows were works of art as well as functional for hunting. Their knives were beautiful handmade knives. Their moccasins. I mean, they were just stunning people. Stunning to look at. And they lived in this area, this beautiful valley called the Walla Walla Valley. And they were so amazing that the first white contact they ever truly saw in a big way was Lewis and Clark. <laughs> who were sent out by Thomas Jefferson to explore the Northwest. And when they met the Nez Perce Indians, they didn't try to kill them. They made friends with them, and they took care of them for the winter. They fed them and housed them so that they could continue on to the coast of Oregon. And on their way back to the east, they spent another winter with the Nez Perce. They took good care of them. Well, of course, Lewis and Clark discovered the amazingness of the American West, and settlers started coming out. And it wasn't hard to understand uh, that the Nez Perce life was about to end as we knew it, or as they knew it. Uh, there were going to be people intruding on their land, on their territory, killing the animals that they needed for food, killing them, and so forth. Because you talk about prejudice and racism. Back in those days, most Americans hated Indians. It's so sad that there was so little interest in helping the wild people who lived on this land first continue to live here. We were so driven by control and greed and power that we were willing to literally wipe out an entire race of people to get what we wanted, thinking there would be no karma behind it, no price to pay. And we just, we just moved forward. We barreled through. There was a few forward thinkers, but not nearly enough. 
So what happened with the Nez Perce is they, they, they finally, um, settlers came in and lived in their valleys and they tried to treat them well. Um, but eventually there were some clashes and the Nez Perce were run off their sacred land and they made a run for Canada where they hoped they could survive. And the leader of the Nez Perce, Chief Joseph, some of you may have heard of him, a famous spiritual leader, was the one who led them on that journey. And he was captured and sent to a, a reservation in Oklahoma away from his home. And he died of sadness of the loss of the land. Now, I could talk about a lot of things around this, but I want to talk about the grief of the loss of home or space. Now, white people, I don't think, understand what Indians had in their homes. So let's take the Nez Perce, for instance. They lived in this Walla Walla Valley for, who knows, many thousands of years, many thousands of years before there was any white contact. There was a thousands of people who got married in the mountains in the valley. There was thousands and thousands and thousands of great moments of hunts for food. There were battles with other natives, for sure, Indians, I'm sure. There were people who fell in love in the woods. There were people who had dreams in the woods and got their names in the woods and found their families in the woods. They made their home there. That land, that valley, was the Nez Perce. It wasn't that they owned the land, that they bought it and they owned it, and they had a piece of paper. The land was them, and they were the land. They had their stories on that land. They had their history on that land. The land became the witness, the trees, the plants, the animals, the mountains, were the witnesses of what happened there. And that is so important to remember because the land was so personal. So when you hear something like Chief Joseph, who was captured and sent to Oklahoma, a place he had never been, a much different environment, died of the sadness of the loss of his land, it's not hard to understand at all. I've learned that here on this Headwaters land. I love it. I'm going to be here till my last day, and I'm sitting in the memorial garden now. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be buried right behind me. I'm not in any rush to get there, but when that day comes, this is where I want to become dirt. This land has the story of my school, of my relationships, of my friendships, of my journeys with different animals in the woods, with my dogs, with deep conversations I've had, epiphanies I've had. This land is within me, like the Nez Perce, and I've only been here 30 years. They were there for thousands of years. So you can imagine when Indians were thrust off their land and put into reservations, how difficult that must be. Remember, folks, empathy. Feel it from their point of view. So what do we do? How do we make it right? I don't know if we can ever make right what we did to the Native peoples. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. Um... But I do think one way to help is to become earth caretakers, to treat the earth sacred so that what is left on it can live and stay on it, including us. Remember, when you say that, always look in the mirror. 
because you and your family and the future of your family depends on it too. And what I did once, I took a journey. I, I, I went to Oregon and Idaho and I followed Chief Joseph's journey uh, of trying to escape to Canada to find hope and freedom. And I, I followed their journey. That was something I did years ago. It was an amazing thing. And I just heard on the news somewhere that the Nez Perce have been able to buy back some of their land. They actually had to buy it back with their own money. It was stolen from them. But what the heck? Money's just energy. They got it back. So their tribe now, who knows what it'll be like in a thousand years. Maybe it'll grow. Maybe they'll have, have their space back. I wish them the very best. My ancestors, the Irish people, we have our story about the land. I've, I've been told that every single rock outcropping in Ireland is named and there's a story behind it and people pilgrimage there. You create your own story with your own family and your own experiences. And that becomes the medicine of you and the ones you love and the ones you care about. And that's something that bonds you together. So think outside the rigid, rigid, rigid layers uh, that force you to focus on one thing at the cost and expense of all else. Take in the full range, the big picture. Take in the history, take in the future, take in the present. And then make your decisions and live your life in a good way. I'd say the caretaker way, the way of the caretaker. And I'll just wrap this up by saying we have a new president, Joe Biden. I hope someday our country can come to the truth of what our ancestors did to the native peoples. From the first pilgrims that came to probably the last Indians to ever be wild might have been Geronimo, you know, in the in the later 1800s. They were all wiped out at that point. I hope someday our country can simply, as a country, led by a president, give a thank you, a thank you, give a, <coughs> I will thank them when they do this. And that is admit what we did and apologize for it. That opens the door for healing. That opens space for the heart to kind of reignite itself. They did that in Australia recently, a couple of years back, for what they had done, the Australians had done um, to the native uh, people there. They offered, offered a thank, a, 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 they offered a, the gift of, I am sorry we made a mistake. And that was... <laughs> A big thank you. My dog just wanted to end the end of this. Ho to you. Oh, yeah.